already fell asleep once tonight in the kids' bed and woke up completely um, lost and confused like a half hour later. <laughs> Why do you got to torture them like that? What, by trying to get them to sleep? <laughs> they, they do act like it's torture. <laughs> well, now Mikey's the, uh, the bad one. He was, he was the good one for a while there. He was. He was. Now he's the one who, uh, although today, so it's a long story. He, he only goes to daycare three days a week. And on, and on those days, he naps. But on today, he was home, so he didn't nap. So I thought it would be good, but still fights bedtime as hard as he can. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Just think, once you get this figured out, you're almost due for another round. <laughs> Don't remind me. We're less than a month out now. <laughs> yep. And then sleep. I'm already kind of training myself for that again, because what little time I do have in bed before I go to sleep myself is I'm playing a new Pokemon game, so I'm just sleep depriving myself. On purpose, I guess. Never been more proud. Two best of friends. Oh, wait, keep your shirt on. It's just a typo. Stop. You are freaking ridiculous. Who think they know football? The Chiefs. Or the Colt. Or, wow, the Chargers. There we go. Stop thinking, just read. Bring you unprecedented access to the NFL world. Mike White is now on my fantasy roster and maybe starting over Russell Wilson. I spent $25 to get Jacoby Brissett. Because here, it's real football by real fans. Like a disturbance in the force as a Cliff Kingsbury <laughs> suddenly cried out in a silence. <laughs> the Matt and Mike Football Hour starts now. And welcome in, one and all, to the inaugural episode of the Matt and Mike Football Hour. Man, you are so ingrained at how to open that, you almost said it. <laughs> I didn't even put it in the notes. I realized like five minutes ago, like, oh, shoot, can't do the usual intro. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, our, our first episode of the the rebrand. <laughs> uh, that's the only thing that's changing, though. <laughs> the rest of the show will be just like as business as usual. As uh, Matt, we are down to two teams left in this NFL season. Um, we also had a lot of news this week, a lot of movement in the NFL uh, head coaching search for all the teams that had well, fired. Well, and you, fi- you had to figure some of that was coming just after the fact. You know, it is down to the final two Super Bowl teams. So it's like right. everybody's kind of open. So any moves, and I don't know why every year it seems like there's so many coordinators that are in postseason contention teams that get talked about as head coaches. But mm. now that everyone's pretty much out, the news just seemed to ramp up more so than ever. It sure did. So um, as you mentioned pre-show, we've got a lot of notes in that department to discuss. Um, Then, of course, we'll get to the conference championship games that took place last weekend, do a a mini Super Bowl preview. The full one will be next week since we have a week off with no games this weekend. Uh, But first... As you may have heard in, uh, so we're recording this Tuesday night, should release on Wednesday. As you may have heard in our Tuesday little update episode, mini episode from Matt, uh, we have had to undergo a bit of a rebrand. 
and Matt, I thought it was funny that uh, that the first email that you showed me that you got um, just reminded from like the the legal team discussing the the trademark uh, request is it just made me think about how many times we've joked about our own quote unquote legal team and <laughs> yeah, like we have this massive entity behind us, and really right. it's it's you and me and sleepless nights, and that's about the extent of it. We're the legal team. We're the editors. Uh, we're the on-air talent. <laughs> but anyway, you, you got to. There's email. a lot of we there. I feel like this is absolutely one-sided. I'm trying to give you a little credit. <laughs> oh, I'm open and honest. But uh, yeah, then you got that email from a, a real lawyer. <laughs> it's like, oh crap. And uh, yeah, as you laid out in that little mini episode update, someone else wants to trademark the 2M football name, which is shocking to me. <laughs> <laughs> like who else would find four years we've been doing this yeah. <laughs> well i think we just start you know what it is is we just started to get a little too much traction and someone's going to try to capitalize <laughs> yeah <laughs> or something like that <laughs> we'll go with that and uh yeah after some discussion it's a little bit sad but we're gonna let them go ahead with that which uh prompted our own rebrand so like I said at the top, this is the, the world premiere of the Mike and Matt. Matt and Mike, sorry. <laughs> the Matt and Mike football hour. It's only because it's an alphabetical thing. For some reason, the cadence doesn't work as well. I don't know why. Uh, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, hopefully you enjoy the new uh, icon that I whipped up on the iPad in about a half hour, but I'm weirdly it is incredible. Proud. I'm, I'm actually pretty proud of that. <laughs> it is. I yes. I think it's a good encapsulation of what goes on here. <laughs> we have no idea what we're doing. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we'll see if that that might be a temporary thing or it might end up just being the the real thing. But given the time sensitive nature of this of this um trademark issue we had to do something so this is what it is for now and it's funny that it happened so close to the end of the season too because i mean we were so close to, like, <laughs> we usually work on stuff in the off season anyway yeah. they just could not wait like i don't know another month when we're like right. pretty well wrapped up there's one game left in the whole season but that's okay <laughs> this is what we've got for now and uh, yeah we'll of course be dis- in discussions with each other and keep you all updated over the uh, off season and in the coming weeks and months about what the long-term plan is. But uh, for now, I'm very happy with this logo <laughs> and, I, and, show, and the show name. No is matter fun. what we like title or come to, like that has to be the logo. <laughs> I'm glad you approve. Um, all right. So now that that's out of the way, let's get into what we're all here to talk about. And that is, football and we'll start with the league headlines and the biggest one of all Jim Harbaugh is back coaching in the NFL he is leading now the LA Chargers after spending nine years at the University of Michigan fresh off winning the national championship there um, he's back and this might be helpful for some people it was helpful for me just to read up on him before because yeah, I knew he was uh, had some success with the 49ers, but couldn't remember all the details. So 
let me just blow through this really quick. He, he was only there four years, actually, 2011 to 2014 uh, in San Francisco in his first stint as an NFL head coach. And before he joined them, they hadn't even had a winning season in 10 years and expected to be a rebuild his first year with the Niners. They actually went 13-3 and with Alex Smith under center, a quarterback en route to eventually losing in the NFC Championship game. Uh, so outperforming all expectations. In year two, he replaced Alex Smith with Colin Kaepernick. The team went 11-4-1. They won their division for the second year in a row. Uh, went on to beat the Packers in the divisional round, that infamous game that still lives rent-free in my own head. Uh, <laughs> all the way to the Super Bowl where he lost, where they lost to the Ravens, who were, of course, coached by his brother, John Harbaugh. Oh, here we go. You're going to get this confused all year. No, no, no. I got it now. Okay. <laughs> I think I got it. <laughs> you don't got it, but I love your confidence. Uh, then the next year, they went 12-4, and four, won the division again, third year in a row, but lost in the NFC Championship game to Seattle this time. And then it all came kind of crashing down in 2014. Uh, they finished 8-8, eight and eight, missed the playoffs uh, for the first time during his tenure there. During the season, though, there were, uh, yeah, rumors swirling of a power struggle between Harbaugh and the front office of the 49ers. Very reminiscent of the recent Mike, uh, Mike Vrabel parting from the Titans. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if this is just my own bias, but I kind of remember Harbaugh didn't, wasn't that well liked. I don't know if it was the players too, who there were rumbling rumblings from them, or maybe I just thought he was kind of a dick. <laughs> <laughs> that was always the vibe I got from him. I mean, I feel like he's almost got that sort of Belichick, no nonsense demeanor. You really didn't see him. He's not as personable as as his brother. Mm-hmm. But um, I guess that just, you know. I mean, it worked really well. Whoever he was worked really well in college, right? Yeah. I would argue like they're not as professional, like not in a bad way, but like. Yeah, they're, they're kids still. Right. Not all of them are going to go professionally on to play, right? Some of them are playing the sport just for the prestige. Some of them will go on to play pro. But, like, when you get to the professional level, like, this is your job. This is what you wake up and go to work and do every day. Right. Yeah. And it'll be interesting to see how that experience will have uh, potentially changed him um, or not. Maybe it just reinforced, like, his kind of way of doing things. But, uh, yeah, so during that 2014 season, in the before the year had even finished, it was announced that he, he wouldn't return to the team, and they mutually parted ways after that year. I was a little surprised to realize that he actually never won a Super Bowl his first time around, because they were so close through the first three years, making it to the conference championship game or further. Uh, so definitely he's got some unfinished business probably on his mind and he joins the chargers now on a five-year deal well i mean he absolutely has the unfinished business he's been on the wrong side of the confetti mm. yeah so it's exciting it's a great hire for them um and they've got a lot of pieces in place but we've been saying this for years literally that it when you have that much talent and the team is underperforming it's mo- more likely than not a coaching issue they've got justin herbert great um group of wide receivers, a solid offensive line, uh, and a a couple of at least individual stars on defense as well. So 
and yet they've never won a playoff game under Staley or in, since Justin Herbert even came into the league. So it's a team poised uh, to break, to truly break out, I think. Yeah, the pieces are there. They just need the right staff now. Yep. And I don't know if it, it's all been announced, like the coordinators and stuff, but we'll keep an eye on how that all gets filled out. Uh, the headline, though, is Harbaugh being back in the NFL after it's kind of been this will he, won't he the past couple seasons. And uh, and now it's happened. So it's pretty exciting. I feel like he was waiting to check that box, like college championship. And it's yeah. like that box has been checked now. And now it's time for the bigger prize. Yeah, that's a good point. <clears throat> and speaking of the Titans, as you just mentioned a moment ago, they have found their new head coach, Brian Callahan, who um, wasn't someone I was familiar with offhand, but he's been the Bengals' offensive coordinator since 2019. So basically the whole uh, Burrow time where they've been very successful uh, prior to that, he had been the quarterback coach with the Raiders and the Lions. And it's another one of those young up-and-comers. He's only 39 years old, his first time as a head coach. Um, so they're, they're going that, that route. Um, skip the next one for now because it's just a coordinator. We'll come back to it. But the Panthers have also found their next head coach in... Dave Canales, who has been the Buccaneers offensive coordinator. Um, this is another one I don't have too much to say about. A little surprising. I mean, these are names that weren't necessarily top of the list of head coaching candidates. Um, but Oh, and it gets, like, more surprising as you go down the list here. Yeah. Canales worked wonders with Baker Mayfield, at least. So, I guess... Um, Panthers are hoping he can do the same with their their young quarterback, Bryce Young. Get it? Huh. <laughs> uh, okay, yeah. How about Raheem Morris, the Rams defensive coordinator, hired as the Falcons head coach? They had been closely linked to Harbaugh and also Bill Belichick, who they had multiple meetings with in person, multiple interviews. I, um, mean, but, I wonder if it's what... Belichick wants because he's absolutely the type that wants to be both the GM and the head coach. Right. And I'm wondering if that was was the sticking point. Yeah. Yeah. Like it just they they weren't they didn't want to give him that one. They wanted him just to be the head coach. So I'm wondering if that had anything to do with it because yeah, it, it seems very strange to have somebody with a young team that just needs discipline and guidance to someone like Belichick. But I have a feeling it has to do with something to do with the, with the GM situation. Yeah. Yeah. So I was, uh, yeah, I was surprised to see this one and that at least the social media reaction from fans has been a little bit surprised as well. Not necessarily uh, what you'd call positive. <laughs> <laughs> but everyone's I mean this is what the thing I mean, now. are you talking about all the memes that said how can the Falcons blow a two and lead interview lead on Bill Belichick <laughs> <laughs> this is the trend though right across the league that we've seen for years I feel like it kind of started with Sean McVay is like everyone's trying to hire <laughs> like they're just going younger and younger with their their hirings uh just going for the next uh McVay essentially 
So I believe we are down to just two head coaching vacancies, the Commanders and Seahawks. And uh, Commanders thought they had their guy. It seems like they were all in on Lions offensive coordinator Ben Johnson. They were actually, I read they were actually on the plane to Detroit when they were informed that he's going to actually stay with the Lions. Which is huge for Detroit and their offense. Yeah, that's massive, massive news. It's a huge get for them because that's been, it's kind of been a foregone conclusion, I feel like, the last couple months that uh, Johnson would leave them for a head coaching role. And what that, the question was what that would mean for their offense then, but He's sticking around, and that's huge for them. It's and I wonder if it's one of those things that you know. There's only 32 head coaching jobs, you know, in the in the country, right? So it's a very sought after, sought after position. But then I think the other side, you have to look at it from that side is what are you taking over? What are you stepping into versus what you're leaving? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And one could argue that staying in Detroit is probably easier to pill to swallow than walking into a commander's team that's kind of all over the place right i mean you were one game away from the super bowl to go to a team that just absolutely has no identity it's right just, yeah. it's just a wreck right now new ownership you know they don't not too many they traded away you know they were sellers at the trade deadline they don't have a franchise quarterback in place uh, yeah, it's true. I mean, there, there were two, the two things I saw about this sort of speculations anyway, one, I guess he was, uh, demanding a pretty hefty salary, but that wouldn't stop any owner from hiring. I don't think, cause it's not like you can pay your coaches however much you want. That doesn't count towards the salary cap or anything. Um, so I, I, I doubt that would have been the major issue, but yeah, the other thing was what you said is, does he want to risk everything right risk his like you might only have one shot at this if he takes this job and it goes badly like look what's happening to uh robert sala with the jets like he's been in the hot seat and uh if you, you get fired from if he does end up getting fired from that or something he's he's not going to be a head coach in the league again so i wonder if ben johnson looks at that and he's like do i really want to step into this i mean to situation? be fair it's not always the case. Nathaniel Hackett had two tries. Josh McDaniels had two shots at it. Um, the current, uh, who's the head coach for uh, the Bucks right now? Because he was for the New York Jets. Oh, Bowles? Yeah, Todd Bowles yeah, had, just yeah. had a really rough go at it with the Jets, but then he, he was handed the keys to a machine, essentially, and like, you know, that situation is a little bit different, but, you know, second chances very rarely come, though. Right, yeah. On the flip side, you've got um, Arthur Smith, who was fired from the Falcons and now is going, to, you know, back to a coordinator uh, role. So I don't know if it – and also maybe maybe it's just so exciting to be part of what the Lions are building with, under Dan Campbell. I wouldn't be surprised if uh, – like, the culture there is, is so strong now uh, – Maybe he just doesn't want to leave, <laughs> you know. Maybe he I wants mean, that's to stay. Absolutely a thing too. Try to finish what they've started. Uh, all right, so I think that's it on head coaches. A couple of coordinator hires. Um, the Bears hired Shane Waldron, which seems pretty uninspiring to me. He's been the Seahawks OC the last three years. 
Uh, prior to that, he did work with McVeigh in Los Angeles as the passing game coordinator. Um, I don't know about this one. I was kind of excited about the Cliff Kingsbury rumors. Um, well, especially if they were going to take Caleb Williams. Like yeah, that yeah, yeah. Right. To me, just made a lot more right. traction, a lot more sense. Yeah, I don't really know what to think about this one. <laughs> to me, it says that they still haven't figured out what they're doing at their quarterback position. Right. So he's been in Seattle for the last three years. So that means two years of Geno Smith and then the final year of Russ, which was pretty bad. And one really good year of Geno, and then things kind of regressed this past year. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't dive deep on this one, but it, it seems uninspired, to say the least. Another guy who was getting um, in head coaching buzz was Texans offensive coordinator Bobby Slowick, uh, given how well that operation ran with the rookie C.J. Stroud. And um, yeah, they, they had a great offense this year, even better than expected. But just like Ben Johnson, he's, he's staying with his... Uh, with his team, with staying with the Texans on a revised contract, which I assume means he's getting paid a crap load more money. (laughs) (laughs) And then just mentioned Arthur Smith a minute ago, disgraced former (laughs) Falcons head coach. God, the most hated is to begin to start it. The most hated man. Fans are going to just try to forget this moment of history. Yeah, the most hated man in Atlanta, and he's been hired by the Steelers. They decided that's the guy they want running their offense. <laughs> Steelers fans, if you you might have thought it couldn't get any worse than Matt Canada, who they finally got rid of midseason this year. I right, I'm think... gonna go start looking up third and fourth string receivers for the for the Steelers because that's who you're gonna focus like not <laughs> not your star players because why would you do that Kenny Pickett's gonna go down this year the backup tight end is gonna have more passing attempts than Pickett <laughs> this is hilarious to me because um, he was the head coach everyone had yeah I mean. The, the problem people had with him was just not utilizing his star players, just not giving them the ball, favoring the backup running back to the guy they drafted eighth overall, not throwing it to their other weapons that they were top 10 picks in their respective drafts and Drake London and Kyle Pitts. And but that's how you win games, Michael. Flip, flip-flopping back and forth all year between Desmond Ritter and Taylor Heineke. It's just an absolute mess. And, I mean, uh, the only thing I'll say is this: sometimes people are meant to be coordinators. The head coaching is just too much for them to manage. Yeah, I mean, that's that's true. That's a good point to bring up. Before Atlanta, I think he was um, with Tennessee, right? I think in, so. That sounds in, familiar. In, like, the good Ryan Tannehill years before it came crashing down. Um so maybe there's something there, but just the optics of it, the way things went for Atlanta mm-hmm. this year are funny. It's one thing when things go well and you get the opportunity for a head coach, the fan base is like, yeah. But then it's like when the head coaching goes terrible and they're about to become your coordinator, you're like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
another high profile coordinator, Vic Fangio, the most recently defensive coordinator with Miami. Uh, they they parted ways, and uh, for a second I got excited about maybe the Packers, who of course are looking for a DC, but probably never would have happened given his coaching history of his time with the Bears. Now, and it, just, it didn't just, happen. He, <laughs> he went. Hear me out for this. This would be incredibly hilarious and ironic. Okay. Fangio becomes the Packers DC, and our DC goes to the Bears. That would be pretty funny. I mean, we already got rid of that uh, that bum offensive coordinator and, and had them take him on, and, <laughs> and that went horribly for them. Um, but unfortunately, Fangio apparently got on a plane direct flight from Miami to Philly to take their job. He's going to be the defensive coordinator for the Eagles next year, which is a great get by them. Uh, And speaking of the Eagles, they have also replaced their offensive coordinator, bringing in Kellen Moore. Uh, So on paper, huge upgrades over what they had at those roles uh, this past season. Did you see the... I don't know if it was a recent interview with Nick Sirianni, but it was a interview with Nick Sirianni. Something about asking him, so if person A is coaching the offense and person B is coaching the defense, what are you coaching? (laughs) And Sirianni just stared at the reporter and he's like, the head coach of the team. (laughs) And I couldn't tell how much of a dig it was because a lot of times head coaches are sometimes play callers. Mm-hmm. But there are some head coaches that don't call plays. They literally just manage the team. Like I think Mike Tomlin is one that he doesn't call anything. He just manages the game. Yeah, he may have influence and, and over what he another. wants, but like he lets his coordinators do just that. Well, yeah, and look at what happens when you ask a head coach to do too much, like potentially hack it in Denver. You know. First time head coach was also trying to call the plays and he saw all the madness that ensued with the clock management issues. And there's a lot that goes into it. I mean, it, the way the question was asked sounds like he was poking fun at him. But I mean, yeah, like you said, there's plenty of head coaches that that don't get their hands too uh, in the weeds with uh, what either unit is doing and just kind of set the t- I think Dan Campbell might be the best example of that. He's the leader of that team, sets the tone for everybody. But, you know, he's out there doing push-ups with the guys, <laughs> but leaves the play calling to his coordinators. We'll get to the play calling with the Lions in a minute here. <laughs> yes. Yes, we will. Um, okay, one last note about the Packers. Uh, apparently their interview, they had interviews with Brandon Staley for defensive coordinator. That's, um, of course, the role he served with the Rams before he got his his big break, his big promotion to head coach with the Chargers, um, which was it absolutely sucked on defense. <laughs> Although, to yeah. be fair, to be fair, um, oh, who was it that you love to make fun of me for? He was the coach for Atlanta. He's the defensive coordinator for Dan Dallas Quinn? now. Dan Quinn? Yeah. Yeah, what about him? Oh, yeah, that's another guy getting head coach buzz. Like, to be fair, like, when he was Atlanta's head coach, I used to rip their defense apart horrendously. And then he goes to Dallas as the D.C. And it's like, well, this is a joke. And it's like, well, <laughs> <laughs> maybe not so much. 
Yeah, so, uh, and as we texted about, I didn't know how to feel about this, about the potential of a Brandon Staley hire. Like, is that... I told you, my buddy John sent me that, and I went, oh, hell no. <laughs> I mean, he's another guy, just like uh, Arthur Smith, who just has the stink of getting fired on him. <laughs> and he was a decent DC, I believe, but it's like, yeah, man, your defense in, in, in L.A. was nothing to left to be desired. And that's but, the thing, like, they have good players. It shouldn't have been that bad. <laughs> They've got uh, one of the Bosa's. I hate that. <laughs> uh, Joey. Joey. Right? Joey, yes. We've got Joey Bosa. They've got Derwin James, who I used to talk about all the time on this show. <laughs> uh, anyway. Yeah. And then reality set in. Nothing came out of that, but they, yet, anyway. Packers still conducting interviews for DC candidates. I'll put my name in the hat. Go for it. Everyone wants a young up and comer. <laughs> Probably younger than all these guys that are interviewing. And definitely an up and comer. <laughs> Nowhere to go but up from where we are right now. <laughs> I'm part of the uh, the John Madden coaching tree, just based on playing the video game for so many years. Right. <laughs> All right, we've been yapping for a while. Let's take a quick break and uh, come back with the conference championship games recaps. And we're back, Matt and Mike's football happy hour. Football happy hour. I love it. Is that what we? Sorry, I got a little tongue twisted there. I forgot what we called it. <laughs> Doesn't matter. It's going to change every time. <laughs> What nobody knows is we're getting drunker for every minute we record. I wish. Uh, anyway, <laughs> let's let's talk about the the championship games that took place this past weekend. So, you want to hear a funny story about sure. the first one here we're about to reference? So, I had YouTube TV that I was paying for a football season, and then the Green Bay got knocked out, and I was like, well, it's time for my subscription ad. Yeah, but yeah. then you have the Fox Sports app, and I was like, oh, there's no charge, and I could watch it. So I watched the first quarter of the Niners-Lions game, and then it was like your preview has timed out. Oh, and it's damn. like, input your TV provider. So I did, yeah. and it said, this game is not valid. And I was like, well... So I literally had my phone sitting there with just play-by-play. -play. That's how I... Watch the rest oh, no. of the game. Oh no, that's yeah. so sad. Yeah. You should get a just get a get an antenna, so I could go to find somebody who owns the company and beat them with it. <laughs> sure. Oh, that's that sucks. It's so sad they give you false hope like that. Like, oh sure, you could totally watch this game. <laughs> I know it was like. Like when they like they, I feel like they timed it on purpose because it was yeah. like right as Brock Purdy would like stepped into a throw and it was like right Whoop. he's going deep the ball's in the air and it's like to to see what happens on this play <laughs> give us all your money <laughs> you're like how about no you jerks Ugh. anyway Niners Lions Ugh, ridiculous yeah um, Niners Lions okay the uh, let's see the top seeded 49ers got the home game here. Uh, Lions, with all their scrappiness, coming to town fresh off. Um, back, who do they back beat? wins. 
Yeah, back-to-back, thank you. Back-to-back playoff wins over opponents who are completely slipping my mind right now. <laughs> they don't matter. They lost. They don't, yeah, you're right. They're gone. They're done. <laughs> they didn't even get this far. Uh, and things started as well as they could have for these Lions. Great opening drive. They're, this offense just looks unstoppable at times. It's uh, and, scary when everything like locks into place, just how like a team that you wouldn't have expected, right? Like, you know, yeah. the Niners, for instance, have a potent offense, but like, well, and they Detroit's have the top been the laughing stock of yeah. the NFC North for as long as we've been alive. And yet they're like, watch this. Yeah. And, and the Niners, good offense, also a top five defense, but it didn't matter. The Lions were just ripping them apart early on, especially every run was successful. Goff was finding guys open downfield, and their first drive was kept off by an amazing 42-yard touchdown run by their uh, wide receiver, Jamison Williams, who took an end-around wide receiver handoff, broke a few tackles, somehow stayed on his feet, and just, like, stumbled into the end zone. Uh, Yeah, exciting start. And then the 49ers missed a field goal on their first possession. And in my head, I'm just like, oh, yeah, how does it feel? I hate you. <laughs> well, little did we know, field goals would be the discussion of this game. Ooh, and, and ones that weren't even attempted. Uh, but we'll get to that in a second. <laughs> the Lions were leading 24-7 to at halftime. And this was, um, I don't know, I want to get your opinion on this. Because that right before the half was one time that they did actually choose to settle for a field goal. They're up 21-7. to had a fourth and was it goal to go? I forget exactly how close they were, but um, they at that I, I guess you were you were just watching the play by play at that point. <laughs> Thanks, Mike. <laughs> Sorry. Hope you get that figured out for the Super Bowl. <laughs> how sad would that be? <laughs> just <laughs> everything you own. I'm just imagining you with a, you know, box of wings, got a couple beers, and it's just dead silence, and you're staring at the play-by-play refreshing on your phone. Very sad violin in the background. <laughs> anyway, um, this one time they, they, they did kick the field goal uh, rather than going for, you could argue, going for the kill in a 28-7 to lead. Um, I actually agreed with this because it took it from a two-score game uh, to a three-score game, a 14-point lead uh, to 17 points. So this one I was fine with because, you know, the last thing you want to do is, I mean, obviously this all went completely against them after the half anyway, but the last thing you want to do is give the other team momentum going into the half with a big potentially fourth down stop right. by the Niners defense. So I was fine with them kicking it here. Um, But in that first half, the Lions had almost 150 rushing yards, converted five out of seven third downs, including a few where they had more than 10 yards to go. The most, I mean, I can imagine how it feels, to uh, how it felt to watch those plays as a Niners fan on a third and 12 when they just hand it off and he rips off a 15-yard run and converts it. Oh, I'm sure they were screaming at the TV and sweating because it's like like watching so many teams against Green Bay, right? You know they're going to run. They've done it twice already on these long ones. You Mm -hmm. know it's coming, and then you're just watching the guy go, and you're like, well, that's another (laughs) 12-yard pickup. That's fantastic. Yeah, and the Lions' defense was playing well too. They they picked off Purdy once, sacked him two times, 
and uh, Detroit dominated the time of possession as well. Um, I don't know what Kyle Shanahan said to his team at the the locker room, but they came out and ripped off 17 straight points in the third quarter to tie it at 24. So first they, they started with a field goal, then stopped the Lions on their first, I don't know if this was their first uh, fourth down conversion attempt, but I don't know. It seemed like every other time they went for it on fourth. So <laughs> Yeah, so the Niners kicked a field goal on their first drive to make it uh, 24 to 10. So a two-touchdown game at this point. Lions were in field goal range around the 30-yard line uh, on fourth and two, I think. Got decided to go for it instead of kicking it to go back up by 17. So this is the first one. Um, and the... And it was, it was like I talked about, it was a momentum swing, I think, because the Niners immediately marched down the field, set up by a huge 51-yard reception to Brandon Ayuk to get in the red zone. Uh, Purdy and Ayuk connected again for the touchdown a few plays later. Now it's a seven-point game. And on the Lions' next drive, I think it was the first play, Jameer Gibbs, there was a mix-up in the backfield uh, with the, the handoff between Goff and Gibbs. And he fumbled it deep in their own territory. Niners recovered and uh, scored another touchdown to tie it. And this one was set up by a huge a scramble, a 21-yard scramble by Brock Purdy. Uh, that set Remember, up, at that point, too, he's just a game manager. He's not the big play guy. Right. Purdy was incredible in the second half. I mean, just like everyone, I guess, was on the Niners. When you're down 17, you got to play a perfect half to get back into it. And they they absolutely did. But Purdy was a huge part of that. But then for Lions, for the Lions, things just got worse. Uh, Josh Reynolds, with one of with a Kadarius Tony esque drop. I guess the only thing that didn't happen was it didn't get picked off by a defender. But he just straight dropped it on third down. It was uh, third and long, so they had to punt in this case. And then with just ten minutes to go, Jake Moody, the Niners kicker, um, gave them their first lead of the night, going up 27-24. Uh, but the Lions responded. Like I said, their offense has been so good. And they hadn't really had an opportunity yet in the second half, given the way that the the turnovers and the third down drops were happening. But they ripped off a few big chunk plays. Uh, but once again, found themselves in fourth and short around the Niners 30 yard line. Could have went for the field goal that would have tied it up with about, I think, six minutes left in the game. Uh, but went for it again on fourth down. And once again, the 49ers defense stood tall. They got quick pressure on Goff. He did have a guy, I think it was Williams, wide open on one side of the field. But the pressure came so fast, he wasn't able to get the ball to him. He had to roll out the other way and eventually threw a pass that had no chance. So Niners forced the turnover on downs again. And then Purdy just kept doing it. He had three or four, you know, 15-plus yard scrambles. Uh, in the second half that really kept their drives alive and, and kind of snuffed out any hope the Lions had of, of stopping this offense. And I think this is where I'm hoping, like like a few others, that the slander against Purdy it just ends. Like, he didn't just manage the game. He made pivotal plays when they needed him to. And you could argue that's what great quarterbacks do. They don't just manage the game, which is a quarterback's job, right? Control the clock, set the tempo, don't turn the ball over. But then the great quarterbacks are the ones that, when they need to, 
they do what they have to to make the play. And Purdy right. showed it with such coolness. Yeah, he did great pocket awareness to step up and, you know, notice the man coverage. Everyone's turned away from him. They had no spy. They they were they were not expecting him to be a threat uh, with his legs. And he was able to take full advantage. And a couple of plays after this latest third down scramble, um, Elijah Mitchell punched it in to the end zone to put San Francisco up 10 points with just three left in the three minutes left in the game. 34-24 at that point. Uh, the Lions did finally score their first points of the half and actually a great catch by Jameson Williams in the back of the end zone. Uh, cut the deficit to three with under a minute left. Lions with two timeouts still, but the onside kick was recovered by uh, the Niners and that pretty much sealed the game from there. So pretty brutal second half collapse in a game the Lions were up 24-7. But uh, just like the Packers, I think... It's you can look at them and say, like, I mean, the Packers should have beaten this Niners team, too. Uh, Lions even more so with the lead they got out to. But I think you can say similar things about the Lions that you could about Green Bay this year. It's like no one really expects them to get this far. They still had a great season and they are well positioned to continue their success uh, next year, especially now that Ben Johnson is staying as offensive coordinator. That would have been the one big question mark about this whole operation. Um, but he's sticking around. There's rumblings of a contract extension for Jared Goff. And uh, they are also a young team that it, they're not going to lose too many key players. I mean, and the, I would say that the only shockwave that gets sent throughout is all the heat that's going to come against Dan Campbell. But yet you pulled within three. I get there was the the huge deficit, but like this team's aggressive, right? That's been their play style all year long. And sure, he could have went for the the field goal to tie the game, but they go for the win. That's just their their mo. So while I understand putting points against San Francisco, I mean, I I don't have a problem with the way he called the game. He got aggressive and he he went for the wins and went for went for the the kill shots whenever they came up. It's just like any play, right? When it works, you're a genius, and when it doesn't, you, yep. you the, the city wants to crucify you. You're Brandon Staley. Yeah. <laughs> well, but, that just uh, never works. Yeah, you're right, though. This no one should have been surprised by this. This is they stayed true to themselves, basically. They've they've always done this under Campbell, and uh, if even just one of those goes differently, then uh, we might be talking about the Lions in the Super Bowl. And I think you got to give them some credit for uh, not uh, changing the way they play for the for the moment because it has been successful for them uh, most of the year. That aggressive uh, style of going for it on fourth downs. Uh, that was a less exciting game. It, it really was. Uh, <laughs> Chiefs Ravens. I mean. A, I was not expecting the defensive slugfest that this turned into. And early on, the offenses were both rolling. I think they both scored on their opening possession touchdowns. Then the Chiefs had a, a long nine-minute touchdown drive to go up 14-7 early in the second quarter. Uh, but then from that point on, uh, each team only added a field goal to that total in the rest of the game. The defenses really took over. Uh, Kansas City... Uh, strip sacked Lamar Jackson, 
Uh, but the Ravens got a fourth down stop of their own to to prevent that from turning into points. Uh, they were trading punts back and forth until um, Harrison Butker nailed a 52-yard field goal. I wonder what that feels like. Yeah, I know. <laughs> have a kicker who can actually make a kick. Uh, so it was 17-7 Chiefs at the half, and it was just kind of stunning. to like, Yeah, the Chiefs defense has been pretty good this year. But just to see the Ravens so inept looking on offense. Somebody said, and I didn't see this game, but somebody said a few times I saw comments about it seemed like they were getting away from their hard running that they've been known for. And they were attempting to pass much, much more, which this is where you could argue, right? They changed their play for this moment as opposed to Detroit that kind of stuck to their script. It didn't work. But here's a case where if if Baltimore threw and put the ball in the air a lot more than they did all season or that they would normally do, changing the script didn't work either. Right. Only six rushing attempts by running backs for the Ravens, which is stunning. I mean, the team that, uh, of course, a lot of that is due to Lamar, but they led the NFL in rushing. And it wasn't all Lamar Jackson. They've got... I mean, Gus Edwards has been really effective for them um, in the back half of the year with everyone else getting hurt in that backfield. Um, but, yeah, just six carries. And this it's not like they were getting blown out. I mean, yeah, it was a 10-point deficit at the half, but you don't change your whole offense. You're, you're not in comeback mode at that point. No, it's still a game at that point. Yeah, and the, they they had plenty of chances. They They were inches away from scoring. A uh, touchdown early in the fourth quarter. Uh, Jackson found Zay um, Flowers. Yeah. Uh, thanks. And he, nice run after the catch. Was diving for the goal line um, until the Jarius Sneed, Chiefs defensive back, just knocked it out of his arms inches before he broke the plane. Chiefs recovered uh, in the end zone for a touchback, and they took over possession. So that was one that they were so close to scoring. Um, but I think you have to give credit to the Ravens' defense, too, because they kept them in this game while the offense was completely unable to do anything. They stifled the homes. Yeah, yeah, that's the word. <laughs> they, could, they were completely inept. Uh, and then they were in scoring range again, uh, either in the red zone or just outside of it. And then Lamar Jackson just threw a, a terrible interception into – triple coverage to uh i don't know who he was trying to hit in the end zone that might have been the tight end isaiah likely but that got picked yeah it was unlikely that was gonna work (laughs) good one (laughs) but the defense kept making stops ravens kept getting chances on offense eventually they kicked a field goal to make it 17 10 uh needed just one more stop potentially i mean Time was running out at this point. They needed one more stop for for one more chance. They got the Chiefs in a third and long. Um, but then he he threw a bomb up for MVS, which is all always, always 50-50, even in at the best of circumstances. I mean, uh, I feel it, like it's better than Kadarius Tony. It is, yeah. <laughs> which isn't saying a lot. I mean, that bar is incredibly low. <laughs> but he made this catch. Uh, and it sealed the win for the Chiefs. They'll be back in the Super Bowl. This has to have been incredibly frustrating for the the Ravens. I mean, their offense has been so good at, at times this year. And I think what you said is right. They just 
kind of panicked in the spotlight and got away from what they do best. And, well, and it, it led to this whole thing. Like everyone was saying Ravens in the Super Bowl all year. And it's like with the way the team played all year. Yeah, it's so probable. Because if not now, when? Like this team hasn't fired this well on both sides of the ball in the past several seasons. So it begs the question, if they weren't going to make it this year, what's the next opportunity they're really going to have? Right. And Lamar Jackson stayed healthy all year, which he hasn't done. Uh, So this looked like such a great chance. And same thing we said about the Bills last week, losing to this Kansas City team that hasn't been as dominant as we've seen them in recent years. The the opportunity was there uh, and they just didn't take it, which was brutal for them. It also knocked out my playoff bracket (laughs) where I was so close to at least having the Super Bowl participants, right? Um, I mean, I nailed the NFC side. Yeah. Yeah, you did. Uh, So now that we've got our two championship weekend winners, let's do a mini Super Bowl preview (laughs) because we're going to do, you know, we'll be back next week to discuss it in more detail, but we will. News to me. (laughs) Assuming uh, uh, it's not unless next week it's just going to be the Mike Happy Hour or football hour. But I kind of want to hear the Mike Happy Hour. (laughs) (laughs) Just I picture you with a sock puppet. What do you think about that, man? (laughs) I mean, I feel like that's what I sound like. (laughs) You're an idiot. Perfect. I'll, I pretty much need a, just a soundboard for you with like three <laughs> different things on it. <laughs> I mean, that's about my contributions each week. So, yeah. Uh, anyway, yes, here is our Super Bowl matchup. Just like in 2019 season, it's the Chiefs and the 49ers. I don't know. It, it's a kind of a bummer, right? <laughs> is this the least I interesting? I heard so many comments everywhere that this is the least, like, desired matchup. Like, from the four teams that we had playing last weekend, I think these are the two um, that we I least wanted to see. You know, Chiefs-Lions would have been fun for different reasons. Ravens-49ers I would have taken. But, I don't know, Chiefs and the 49ers in it. Yeah. <laughs> when, the, when the two teams played uh, four years ago now, that was – was that Mahomes' first Super Bowl yes. win? Okay. Yeah, and it was over, of course, Garoppolo at the time leading the, the 49ers offense. And uh, I went back and looked at our preseason picks. Uh-huh. And uh, you absolutely nailed this. <laughs> that Way back in August, four, you know, five months ago – you predicted that this is where we would end up. You said 49ers Chiefs, and I am so impressed. <laughs> well, I thank you. I had to do something, right? That's pretty pretty amazing. Uh, I also had the 49ers in the NFC. We're not going to talk about who I thought, <laughs> who I picked from the AFC. Yeah, Just how's kidding. that plane still flying? <laughs> oh, man. Uh, okay, yeah, I'll I do say hope that I, I'm wrong with my pick to win, though, because my bracket looks a little different. I had the Jets. I'll just say it. You know how you know how um, 
Marvel did that what if series where they explored like different um I don't know, I didn't watch it, but I'm aware of it. Timelines or some crap. Yeah. Right. They're like, what if one thing happened differently in this story? And then, like, went from there of, like, what would have happened? Uh, Apparently, Star Wars is doing a similar thing or something's in the works. But anyway, I want to see the NFL what if if Aaron Rodgers didn't tear his his Achilles on his third play of the season. (laughs) Feel like we were all robbed of that or maybe it's just me because i was so invested you in were absolutely you feel like you've gotten gypped hardcore i don't i still <laughs> don't understand it you've been riding that bandwagon so hard most of the year and i have been baffled as to what why well to be fair yet, I, I was I, the crazy one who was jumping on the texans early i mean i got off the bandwagon as soon as rogers got hurt i just want that on the record <laughs> Anyway, um, yeah, I guess that's neither here nor there at this point. You got the preseason pick correct of 49ers versus Chiefs, which I'm pretty sure has never happened in the history of this show. <laughs> You've made show history. It's definitely never happened in the history of the Matt and Mike football hour, <laughs> which be, which began three days ago. <laughs> I was going to say, I mean, that's pretty – I'm going to stop now. This is where I bow off and resign. <laughs> Time to retire. <laughs> Um, however, so, apparently I picked the Chiefs to win, but now I am absolutely on the Niner side. Yeah, I mean, if you're looking for fun storylines, that's the best one is around the quarterbacks, right? Mahomes, who was a high first round pick against the guy who was the literal last pick in his draft. Uh, and this is his first, this is Brock Purdy's first full season as the starter in San Francisco. Um, so well, he got robbed seven. last year in the championship game, so it's nice that he finally it shows he can do it. Right, yeah. Um, so we can talk about the entertainment and stuff next week, but but yeah, so the the Chiefs obviously are looking to defend their title. They won the they won the Super Bowl last year, and like you said, the Niners got as far as the conference championship game before they lost to the Eagles in that super weird game where both Brock Purdy and their backup Josh Johnson suffered injuries and uh, Johnson was done with a concussion. Purdy couldn't throw because of an elbow issue that required surgery in the off season. And they had to, because there was no emergency backup quarterback rule in place at the time, they Purdy had just kind of lunged ball in a general and, direction. You got yeah. this. So basically they had no quarterback. And so that was how they exited. That's how their season ended last year. And overall this year, we have seen the Chiefs struggle more than we're used to. But since they've gotten into the playoffs, they've really kicked it into high gear. Um, And the 49ers have been pretty dominant most of the year on both sides of the ball. I think they're top five offense and a top five defense. Um, Outside of this weird three-game losing streak they had in the middle of the season, uh, right before their bye. And the 49ers do open as two-and-a-half-point favorites. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Yes. So that is the thousand foot view of this matchup. Uh, We'll be back next week to discuss it in more detail. I totally forgot I picked Niners and Chiefs. I thought I was impressed when I picked the Dolphins and the Niners. Apparently, I knew the Niners were going. Don't ask me how. (laughs) Well, yeah. I mean, once we made the brackets, that's who I had in the NFC, too, or from the NFC making it. But. The fact that you picked a preseason is, is pretty great. Well, I aim to I, I, I strive for nothing but perfection. 
All right, I think that's all we got for today. Hopefully you all enjoyed the very first ever episode of the Matt and Mike Football Hour. We'll be back I next did. week, uh, same place, roughly the same time, maybe, Yeah, to do our full um, preview of the, the Super Bowl. You know, I kind of said this in my tidbit, but um, as as one thing comes to an end, another begins. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, this is definitely uh, this is definitely your baby. This has been your desire to do this. And I am just happy to be a participant. But at the end of it, too, there's nobody else I can imagine doing this with. You know, our, our brand that we've kind of become closely tied to may have ended but i think that this off season gives us a chance to to completely shed down and rebuild this channel and this show into into something i think we can continue to be proud of like a phoenix from the ashes right why did you made it so eloquent i quit (laughs) (laughs) anyway uh yeah thanks for that Uh, right back at you this is uh Good thing we got going here. It's fun. I, I really enjoy doing this, and uh, we will continue no matter what it's called, like you said, <laughs> even if we have to change the name <laughs> again. <laughs> All right, so um, we'll be back next week. See everybody next week. Thank you for taking time and listening to the Matt and Mike Football Hour. If you've enjoyed what you've listened to, please leave a like. If you have any questions, comments, or ideas for the show, make sure you leave a comment below. And as always, we will see you next time right here in the virtual studio with myself, Matt, and Mike.